Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, it seems like everyone is frustrated with politics and politicians these days. But how can we have better discussions without losing our principles? Uh, Someone decided to do something about that. Uh, We can actually call this How to Become a Less Angry Constituent (laughs) by Leslie Carpenter. Uh, A great piece uh, in the Trib. Uh, And this is an interesting one. We all get angry. We all get frustrated with uh, those that represent us, especially when we disagree with them. And we can rant and rave and melt down people's social media feeds. Or we can choose to engage differently. Engage better. And uh, Les did exactly that. Les Carpenter is the founder of the Become a Delegate Training Program. She's the chair of the Northeast District in Cache County and a frequent contributor to the hashtag Utah poll, U-T-P-O-L hashtag on Twitter. Uh, thanks for joining us, Les. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for letting me come on. So you did something very interesting that uh, not a lot of us take the time to actually do to become a less angry constituent. Tell us about it. Right. Um, so I I tried it one way, and that was what you said. I was really angry, and I was always posting on Twitter about how disappointed I am with the legislature. But... Um, Through Twitter, I got the opportunity to know a few of our legislators, um, specifically Senator Todd Weiler. And um, through one of our arguments, I told him, hey, like, why don't you let me come shadow you for a day? And like, you show me what it's like to be a legislator. And if I've been too hard on you, then I'll own it. And I will say, I'm sorry. So he agreed. And... Um, one thing just led to another, and I had several other legislators that ended up inviting me to come shadow them for the day. And um, I had the opportunity to spend 12 days shadowing wow. various legislators on the Senate and the House floor. And it was it was pretty exciting and very eye-opening. So, so let's dig into that. Uh, one, uh, you're a hero. If anyone who can survive 12 days... <laughs> <laughs> during a session, uh, gets all kinds of, I don't know if it's merit badge, brownie points, uh, whatever it is, slurpees for life, uh, you should get all of those things, uh, because that's not easy work to be sure. Uh, I had to chuckle in your article, you, you mentioned your first regret was uh, wearing high heels. <laughs> Flats are always the key when you're running around marble floors. Uh, but tell us some of the, the process uh, that you learned and, and maybe some of those things that surprised you as you started to see how the legislative work actually gets done. Um, so I started going up there a couple weeks into the session. So um, I was surprised at how much of their time was spent in committee meetings. Um, I was also surprised that 
Um, like you hear that they vote on a lot of bills, but I wasn't aware of like how intense the process to get the votes to be voted on actually is. You know, they have to go through these committee meetings and they have to be approved by that specific committee. And then they have to go through several readings, um, you know, which is basically that the House or the Senate side, they read through the bills after they've been passed through the committee. And then once that's been passed, then they have to send them to the opposite side and they do it and then it's voted on. And so through that process, I had been unaware that that's actually where the policy takes place. Um, like that's where they refine all of our bills. And so most of the bills that are coming out that's been voted on, that's not how they were originally presented. Um, so I really liked seeing how collaborative it was between the legislators um, and the lobbyists and the stakeholders in these various topics. Yeah, so important. Um, uh, the, sometimes we call that the making of the sausage, and it's not always pretty. Right. Uh, but it, but it yeah. is flavorful, and it's important. Uh, that process that you witnessed is so important uh, to see how those refinements take place, how compromise comes about. Even even though someone may end up voting no on a bill in the end, uh, they still might have made the bill significantly better uh, by going through that process. Right. And I appreciated that because I had always assumed and it was due to me being lazy and not taking the time to actually learn how the process worked. Um, but I had assumed that the bill that gets voted on is how it always is. And so I, I appreciated watching our legislators compromising. And, you know, like you hear a lot about how contentious politics is, but I think that a lot of us, myself included, we look at how Congress is run and we attribute that same behavior to how our state legislators behave. And that that has not been my experience. Um, you know, I know that a lot of people like to say, oh, well, we're a majority Republican and they just they run the entire show. And um, they actually work really well with the Democrats and the Democrats work really well with the Republicans. And so. Um, I thought that that was very interesting and insightful as well. Yeah, and such an important thing yeah, for everyone to keep in mind. And uh, it does, it, it takes the temperature down quite a bit when you actually watch the process and follow something all the way through those uh, sometimes very laborious uh, committee hearings and some of those votes mm -hmm. and amendments and re-readings. And uh, it, it, can be, uh, it can be a very long process. But, man, you sure come away thinking differently uh, about maybe something you, you thought worked uh, a very different kind of way. Any other lessons you're taking away from... Uh, uh, from your experience, uh, 12 days on the Hill, uh, that could be like a memoir. <laughs> um, I, I think that the other one specifically for myself is um, like, I think we need to not be so reactionary because, you know, I think we forget that a lot of politicians make decisions with the information that they, is only available at that moment. And a lot of the time when the public hears about a situation and um, what was the deciding factor, yeah. um, they don't, they don't realize that they have a lot of extra information at that point. And so it's easy to criticize and be like, that was the wrong choice. That was the wrong decision on their end. Um, 
I know, I know that I have been guilty of it where like I was really critical um, and I, I forgot that, oh, I'm hearing about this a week after the decision was made. And so, yeah, I have a lot more information than what they had when they made the decision. Oh, fantastic. Such great insight. Uh, Leslie Carpenter, great piece in the Salt Lake Tribune. 12 days with a Utah legislator uh, made me a less angry constituent. And and one of the things that I, I love about your, your piece, Les, and the fact that you were willing to do all of this is that in the end, you may still disagree with your senator or your representative, uh, but you understand how they got where they got or why they ended up voting yes or ended up voting no uh, on a particular bill. Uh, and that kind of understanding leads to a whole different kind of conversation uh, on important issues moving forward. So thank you for uh, we're giving you the hero of the week uh, award here for uh, for digging in and doing what a lot of us. It's it's far easier to sit and be the armchair quarterback than it is uh, to get off and get into the game. And uh, Leslie Carpenter, thank you for getting in the game and showing all of us uh, we have a lot more in common. Uh, and there is a process that we all can be proud of that happens on Utah's Capitol Hill. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. That is fantastic stuff. Uh, Leslie Carpenter. It's a great piece in the Salt Lake Tribune. Check that out. Uh, and then do something about it. Engage with your leader, whether it's your representative, whether it's your school board member, your county commissioner. The more we engage, the better results we're going to get. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.